Hi guys, welcome to the Lightweight Otaku Anime Podcast. My name's Tyler, 25-year-old correctional officer in North Carolina, so pardon my southern accent. I just wanted to bring to you a podcast that's going to talk about different things in anime. Uh, This is our pilot episode, so of course I appreciate you tuning in, listening, giving me the time, even though we haven't established any listenership yet. But of course, everybody's got to start somewhere. Uh, Each and every week on Sunday, I'm going to try to bring you guys uh, a different episode where I talk about a variety of things. I've got a layout in mind that I want to go over as today's main topic. Um, We're going to start with just a little bit uh, on the main topic with what that layout's going to be. Every week, I'm going to start by telling you what's on today's show, what show I'm going to talk about, uh, what the main topic is going to be, and so forth. That way you know if it's something that's going to interest you or not, or if it's an episode you need to skip, or whatever the case is. Uh, Then we're going to go into uh, memes of the week, right? I want to talk about some of the otaku culture that we normally don't get in an anime podcast. You know, what's the big meme right now? What is drawing in the readers on your Instagrams, your Reddits, your Facebooks, all of those places? Then I'll get into the main topic after that. Uh, Then we'll go into a review. Uh, We'll do old and new shows alike. Watched more than a hundred of them, so that I have ready to review at least, you know, critically watched. Um, that range from anywhere in the 1980s all the way up to just last season, you know, the uh, the winter 2019 season uh, anime shows that are out there. Uh, we'll have a spoiler-free section and a spoiler-heavy section for those reviews for you, so you kind of know uh, when to tune out if you haven't seen the show yet. Um, after that, we might get into some hate mail or praise mail or whatever the case anybody's sending me. If it's a, I'll try to read as many of them as we can out loud on the show, answer any questions that get sent to me and so forth and so on. Um, like I said, today's main topic, of course, is out of order because uh, it's the pilot episode, so you kind of need to know what's going on. Uh, like I said, I'm 25 years old. I'm a correctional officer in North Carolina. I love anime. I love sneaker collecting and bass fishing, so it's a little bit of variety. I'm also a dungeon master locally, so I do play a lot of Dungeons & Dragons. Um, our layout also is going to include no news, which you might have noticed when I was reading it out to you. You probably are getting news from another anime podcast already. Uh, it seems to be the thing that they all have. We're all going to hear it every week when we tune into the seven or eight podcasts that we're subscribed to. So you really probably don't need that information from me. Um, the other thing that we're going to have is we're going to have guests on the show. I've got about five of them lined up for once we get established. Uh, we got people who have seen no anime to people who are full-blown otaku, cosplayers. We've got financial advisors who watch anime, all kinds of different variety of people that would love to come on the show, tell you what they think about either the main topic of the review or both. Um, of course, it's also worth noting that this podcast is being recorded with Anchor. Uh, we'll probably move to a different platform as time goes on. Uh, we have no intention of modifying. Uh, monetizing this podcast at this time. So not something that we're planning to do right now, but Anchor just makes it very easy to get the RSS feed out there to everybody with little to no effort or work on this side. So uh, we're going to move right on into the meme of the week. I know the main topic was very short, and this whole podcast will probably be a little bit shorter than the other ones that you're going to hear from us. But again, it's just a pilot episode to help you guys realize whether or not it's something you might be interested in. So again, thanks for tuning in. We're going to move right on to the next segment. All right, let's get right into it. Let's talk about memes for the 11th of April, 2019. What's hot? What's not? Kaguya-sama, love is war. Memes, dead. Kill them. Graveyard. Press F to pay respects. They've stopped showing up. The season's over, so the show's over. It was good. The memes were hot, uh, but it looks like with the show being over and our new spring season starting, they're gone. They just don't show up anymore, at least not at the very top, which is sad. We can hope that we get a second season from the Kaguya-sama memes. Uh, I really liked the memes from the episode where she was sick in bed, 
We liked the uh, Hayasaka memes, however you pronounce the blonde girl's name, best girl, whatever you want to call her, uh, the Chica dance, all that kind of stuff. It's all over with. Uh, did not hold popularity for very long or not. Sorry if you were working on your funny cosplay for Kaguya-sama Love is War for this summer's Comic-Con that you were going to attend in whatever city you're from because it won't be relevant anymore. That show started so hot, stayed hot, ended hot, and then has just essentially disappeared in the meme world. Um in its replacement, we always have our steady JoJo's Bizarre Adventure memes. Um, they're hot and heavy right now. Uh, you've probably seen a few of the big ones. You know, of course, it's me, Dio, still there. Uh, we've got the uh, the you won't come any closer. JoJo meme is still staying heavy. Uh, JoJo memes. I mean, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is like a meme in and of itself. So that's back on the rise. Um, the big meme as of right now, though, black hole Chan, right? Or black hole memes or, or whatever. Uh, we had a picture of the black hole that came out that was big news and now we're already sticking it on top of anime things we've got four versions of black hole chan that i've seen uh, one of them's a lewd version well two of them kind of are lewd versions of black hole chan because we can't stop turning objects into anime girls we just can't stop it's like a compulsion that drives people to as soon as they see anything on the internet they turn on their computer they get out their draw pad they turn it into an anime girl. They just cannot stop. And then somebody else draws lewd pictures of said anime girl. You know, we had this with Earth Chan, all the Planet Chans. You know, we got you know Reddit Chan. There's just, there's just so many different Chans that we keep making up. You know, I just I just wish we saw more truck truck con memes. But that's besides the point. The black hole is big. Um, besides black hole Chan, we also have black hole as eyeballs, where we're taking every feasible waifu from. Uh, the Darling and the Franks Zero Two to uh, Rim and Ram from ReZero, even shows that are long past dead. And Megumin from Konosuba, which isn't dead, don't get me wrong, but I'm just saying from all kinds of years and seasons, we're bringing uh, the black hole eyeballs to the waifus. We cannot stop doing that either. I don't know how long that trend's going to last. I feel like it's probably going to be a really, really short run for the black hole photo, and we'll be right back with. Um, more screenshots for you know memes for our new uh, season of shows. You know we've got a lot of shows in this season. We've got the Ow Chan can't study. I'm sure that's going to bring memes. One Punch Man is going to bring memes. Uh, the Fox Girl, you know Cinco San, that's going to bring memes. Um, there's a few others in there that are probably going to bring some memes. Why are you here, Teacher? I'm sure is going to bring some rather unfortunate memes to us as well. So uh, those would be the memes that um, I've been noticing, seeing come and go as we've gone through the week of April 11th. Okay, so to jump right into it, we're going to get into the review for this pilot episode. It's probably going to end up making up the bulk of this podcast. Uh, like I said earlier, during the main topic, you know, we just wanted to kind of give you the layout and things. We weren't going to get into any big discussionals or anything like that. So the review will probably make up the bulk of this. Uh, as you probably heard in the beginning, we're going to talk about Made in Abyss today. I'm sure a lot of you have already seen it. Uh, it was big news when it came out, but we want to start with something hot. You know, I want to bring you a show that did well. I don't want to bring you something that I've got rated as a three or a four to talk about today. I want to bring you something that's, that's you know, a very solid show. Um, I want to start with the spoiler-free section, so what's coming up is spoiler-free. Made in Abyss uh, came out in the summer of 2017. It was a Kinema Citrus production um, that uh, licensed by Sentai Filmworks. That means right now, if you want to watch it, uh, I know you can find it on VRV, 
uh, the Crunchyroll platform because that comes with a high dive subscription now. And I know they have the Blu-ray home video edition streaming on their website. So you can catch that on VRV or high dive. If you have a subscription there, made in abyss was a 13 episode show. It's uh, finished airing, but it is not finished on its source material. This is an ongoing web manga. Um, and it's a good one. Uh, it's one of the few that I've kept up with, um, to talk about the manga a little bit. Um, it looks well like crap. Um, it's got a unique art style, but almost no backgrounds. Uh, it does not have that one punch man high detailed effect. It's very thick watercolory lines, but um, credit where credit's due. Uh, the story for Made in Abyss is absolutely stunning. Um, I hope they continue to adapt Made in Abyss into more and more uh, anime material because it looks so good. Um, one of the main reasons Made Abyss looks so good is it has the background artist from Ghibli Studios in it. So if you're a fan of Ghibli movies, you're going to see a lot of that background art kind of style inside of Made in Abyss. Um, the music for Made in Abyss was done by Kevin Pinkin. Now, you might notice that's not a, a Japanese name. Kevin Pinkin is Australian. They recorded the music in Austria. Because as you know, anime is illegal in Australia, I'm guessing. That's why he had to travel to Europe. And getting a visa for Japan is so incredibly hard um, for whatever reason. You know, in a, in a country that the population is dropping like a rock, they don't let anybody in anyway. So, of course, he had to take his uh, talents to Vienna to actually record the music for Made in Abyss. Um, the basic story of Made in Abyss is some kids... Uh, if you look at the cover art, you'll notice they definitely are children. Uh, jump down a hole. Uh, that would be the shortest, worst synopsis. Uh, a synopsis from the internet reads as follows. The abyss, a gaping chasm stretching down into the depths of Earth, filled with mysterious creatures and relics from a time long past. How did it come to be? What lies at the bottom? Countless brave individuals, known as divers, have sought to solve these mysteries of the abyss, fearlessly descending into its darkest realms. The best and bravest of the divers, the White Whistles, are hailed as legends by those who uh, remain on the surface. Legends. Blech. Rico, that's our main character, the daughter of a missing White Whistle, Liza the Annihilator, aspi aspires to become her like her mother and explore the furthest reaches of the abyss. However, just a novice Red Whistle herself, she's only permitted to roam its most upper layer. Even so, Rico has a chance to encounter with a mysterious robot... Uh, with the appearance of an ordinary young boy, she comes to name him Reg, and he has no recollection of the events preceding his discovery. Certain that the technology to create Reg must come from deep within the abyss, the two decide to venture forth into the chasm to recover his memories and see the bottom of their great pit with their own eyes. However, they do not know the harsh reality, which is the true existence of the abyss. So yeah, like I said, if you look at the um, PV cover art for this, or even the trailers... Um, you might really like the backgrounds or the music style, uh, but you might be like me when this, this show first decided it was going to air. And you might say, wow, I really don't want to watch some chibi 12-year-olds jump into a fantasy pit. Um, personally, I'm not that huge of a fan of fantasy. I don't mind it. Um, I'm also not a fan of little chibi characters. I think uh, it was a real turnoff for me starting into it. Uh, I didn't like anything about the um, key art that I saw. Uh, was not big on looking forward to it. It was low on my list of what I'm excited about, um, but I watched it anyways. Um, the show, what made me still watch it was after the first episode, I looked down and realized that the rating was R17+, 
for violence and profanity, which you didn't really see a lot of in the first episode. Um, you know, you, you're going to follow this main character, uh, this little blonde girl. In the first episode, you know, uh, it's not much of a spoiler if it's the first episode. You know, she's going to meet the other main character. Uh, it is a chance encounter, it would seem like. It's a little bit goofy, you know, ham-fisted meeting, but w- whatever the case is, you do get to see a cool monster. Um, and, and you learn a little bit about the pit right out of the gate, right? It's kind of like a Dante's Inferno scenario. The deeper in the hole you go, the worse it gets. Um, again, the music, spectacular. The background art, spectacular. They do a great job world-building in this fantasy world, which is, is which is confined almost to the small town and pit. You know, we nothing's been revealed um, about much of the outside world. So, you know, you're confined to a small space. Uh, to do your world building, and they've done a spectacular job doing it. Um, the characters in the show um, show a lot of personality. They're very well built, even if they're only on screen for a short period of time. They get right to what you need to know about the character. Uh, you learn about them really quickly. Some of them you become more attached to or more distant from right away out of the gate. They did a really solid job with that. Like I said, the artwork with the Ghibli in the back means that the artwork is very solid. You just have to be able to get over these chibi-looking characters. Uh, the soundtrack I've talked about a little bit already, Kevin Pinkin, it's just spectacular. It really is one of the best OSTs for a show I think there is. It's it's a show you, you're going to want to watch on higher volume so you can catch some of that background music. There are a lot of tracks, a lot of tracks in this OST, and they're all very solid. They're all very good. It's mostly orchestral-style uh, tracks. There is, uh, in the first episode, a really nice um, English-translated song uh, that's not Japanese, even in the Japanese version, I believe, uh, Underground River. So if you want to get a good taste for what kind of music you're looking for, you just jump on YouTube, type in Maiden Abyss, Underground River. If you haven't seen the show yet, get a vibe for the kind of feel that the music's going to give you. It's very solid. Um, and it's, you know, as far as you know, overall, it's an anime that you pretty much have to watch. Um, it suffered a lot out of the gate because it was an anime strike show on Amazon. So, you know, you pretty much watched it on Amazon or it wasn't part of your seasonal calendar. So it did get missed a lot. I know a lot of people watched it and won a lot of awards. So a lot of you probably already seen it, but it did get missed. There's a lot of people out there that haven't watched it, uh, especially some of your less serious anime friends and family that you might have, you know, your, your coworkers <coughs> and whatnot, excuse me, um, probably didn't see it. Uh, they probably watched a lot more Fairy Tale and Sword on Online, and you know they might have watched Attack on Titan or whatever the case is. They're missing out on Made in Abyss. Uh, it's a show that pretty much has to be watched. Um, it's it's one that shouldn't be missed, and it's one with more content coming. We know that it's coming, so if if you're worried about jumping into a show that you haven't watched yet uh, because you know there's still ongoing content, don't worry. It's confirmed. Content is coming. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to talk any more about the spoiler or any more about the story because this is supposed to be the spoiler-free section. I think it's important to watch. Uh, I think it's worth noting uh, that if you jump into it like I did, you may not enjoy it for the first seven or eight episodes as much as you will the very end of the show. Uh, the 13th episode is actually a double feature episode, or whatever the case, like 48 minutes long instead of the 24 minutes that we're used to. So you know, it's it's worth noting that. All of that's in there for a strong reason. You, you might feel like you're getting into a slower pacing, but um, it's it's not really the case. Uh, you'll come to understand what, why the pacing was what it was once you get to the later part of the show as they descend into the fantasy pit. Um, the only other thing that you probably should know is you know don't watch this one fresh with 
your mom or your little sister, for some reason, this is my main complaint with the show. I know a lot of people have this main complaint. It's kind of a little bit of a sexualization of our characters in it from time to time. It's almost like a joke is what they are inferring to, but it's still a little strange. It's one of those cultural differences between the East and the West where they just felt like it was okay, you know, to, to use lines like in the first episode, you know, if you do this again, you're going to get strung up naked. Well, th- these are kids. We really, honestly, it didn't help the story much. I mean, I can see one or two examples in the whole story where it might've been okay to have some of the stranger stuff in there, but there are a lot of times where it just was unnecessary. So, I mean, that's going to be the big herder for uh, this anime. Is that even a word? That's that's going to be what slows down this uh, anime here is the dang old child sexualization. You know, it's just something that wasn't really, you know, needed. Uh, if you jump on your mail, you'll see this is 8.87, ranked number 20, popularity 116. So it's a show that's already super, super popular. Uh, I've got it rated super highly in my personal list uh, of anime. I think it's one of the very, very best. Like I said, it's one of the few that I keep up with the uh, manga for. So I definitely think it's worth giving yourself a watch. Um, so at this time, I'm going to move into the spoiler-heavy section of the show and give you some more opinions. All right, so to get into the spoiler section of Made in Abyss, you know, I think a lot of us who have seen it already know where the show takes off. Uh, it's really episode 9, 10, 11, and the uh, extended episode, uh, the 13th episode as well. Uh, in episode 10 is when we really run into, you know, why this show would be rated R outside of, you know, the weird pedophilization of children, which we had seen in the earlier parts of the anime that had bothered me profusely. Uh, this is where it finally kind of steps into itself. I feel like uh, the pacing up to that point was slow, but maybe intentional. You know, I felt like we needed to really take time to get to know our characters, uh, to know that, you know, you got Reg, who seems to have his head on straight, and Rico, who doesn't. Yeah, we had our, you know, two trope characters, uh, our wild card and, you know, our cornerstone. Um, at that point, you know, we got to where things stepped up. That episode 10 was a big episode for the show. Uh, that's where we had the 127 hours uh, where we tried to ascend in the fourth layer, which comes with intense bleeding, profuse pain. Uh, and we saw that happen to Rico. Then we had the let's break your arm and cut it off ordeal. Uh, it was incredibly gory considering their chibi characters. Um, I, I, I think it was enough for the show. I don't think it was too little. I don't think it was too much. I think it really let us know as an audience what we were coming into, um, that the pit was getting more and more dangerous by layer. And that's something I don't think that we had felt at that point yet. I don't think we felt like the pit was all that scary. We had seen dead bodies. We had seen Ozen. We had fought some things, but nothing was so dangerous as the orb piercer. Um, obviously then shortly thereafter, we introduce our best character, in my opinion, uh, Nanachi, whose Japanese seiyu is great. Uh, if you watch this in the dub, you should at least go check out some clips of Nanachi in the subtitled version. Her voice actor was spectacular. Credit where credit is due. I mean, she really, really crushed it. Uh, I thought she was excellent for it. Um, the, uh, voice actor for her in, uh, Japanese was Shiori Izawa, I think is how you would pronounce her name. Uh, she's done a lot of other work as well. Uh, she's been in things like Aho Girl, Citrus, Durarara, Durarara 2, Fairy Tale, yada, yada, yada. There's, there's a huge list of shows she's got on there, good ones, bad ones, the lot. So, you know, probably, it seems like 50 or so roles. She had like three roles in uh, Girls on Panzer and Girls on Panzer the movie. So 
she has definitely been around um, pushing out, you know, the say you lifestyle. So she was excellent. Um, the other two main characters had okay voice actors. You know, they definitely played their role. They were good. Um, and Bon Druid had an excellent uh, voice actor as well. He gets introduced towards the end, and he is spectacular. He's a villain for villain's sake. We don't see that a lot. Normally, when a show is good, assuming the show is good, we don't see that a lot when the show is good. We see it a lot when the show is bad. But normally in a show like this, which I consider good, you don't see a villain who's just evil. This was a villain who was just evil evil i mean he was just we didn't get a lot of reason why he was evil not in the anime you know and now i know some of us have read ahead in the manga et cetera, et cetera. but instead it just gave you the mystery of why he was evil and it worked it normally doesn't work to have a character who's just going to be evil bond druid's taking orphans from all around and he's taking them down in the pit and he's fucking them up that's it that's all he does all he does is like kill kids so that he can experiment for ascending in like the fifth layer because as we saw you lose your humanity you turn into some kind of weird blob ish thing um that bangs on the glass of the um the bank teller tube that they descend down in um at least that's kind of what it reminded me of it's the thing when you're trying to deposit a check at the bank um He's a white whistle as well, which, you know, after meeting Ozen, you know, at the beginning of the show, you're like, oh, look, Lies is a white whistle. They must be good people. You know, we saw uh, the, some of the black whistles and purple whistles. They seem like good people. And then all of a sudden you get Ozen and she's kind of shitty. You know, I mean, whether she's shitty for shitty's sake, I don't think is the point. I think, you know, it's a little bit different for her case. But you're like, man, she's kind of mean. And then you get down and you see Bon Druid and he's just a huge, huge bad guy for bad guy's sake. And it's like, man. Maybe not all white, white whistles are good. You know, this can also lead you to think, well, what's Liza really going to be like when we get down there? You know, yeah, assuming that's going to happen. If we get to the bottom layer, what's Liza going to be like? Um, I, there's not enough source material now to know. It's just – it's one of those things that it opens up another basket of mystery. You know, we still don't know what we're getting into. Um, the last episode, the double feature that had, um, you know, where – uh, Nanachi asked uh, Reg to go ahead and shoot his Iron Man cannon at Mitzi, I think was the best part of the series. I know a lot of people looked at episode 10 like, oh, yeah, that was the, that was the episode. It was the episode for the turning point. It was not the best episode. They ended on their best episode, which was episode 13. They did a spectacular job uh, with the, those two characters and sort of resolving the story. We had the chat about committing suicide uh which i thought was super super good uh, at least the way it was written you know it all came across very heartfelt uh the show went from again you know chibi fantasy to man you know this is right up there in bringing the emotions with a lot of other really big shows you know you saw this kind of you might have felt this the first time you watched your lie in april or your name or any of these other things that we we consider to be a good anime for emotional sake this brought that uh, and it brought it in a surprise, you know. And it's, a lot of these, you know, times that we're getting ready for the feels, we know we're getting the feels, you know. In Naruto, you know when you're going to get the feel. In Dragon Ball, you know normally when you're going to get the feels. You probably knew in your line April in your name that you were going to be brought feels, but this time we got feels out of nowhere. Um, if this wasn't spoiled from for you and you didn't know that episode ten was going to be a thing, and you were just watching this by yourself, and you get to episode ten. And you see what happens, and then you watch it through to the end, and you tell me, oh, I felt like this was going to happen. Then you're lying to me. You're flat out lying to me. Send me some hate mail that you, I'm wrong, but you're lying. 
it just came out of nowhere. It was like sitting on a drag strip and you don't know what kind of car you're in. The green light drops and it's a jet fuel drag. So here we go off to the races. You know, it just took off. It really ascended into itself. And what it really did was say, don't you want more of this material? Uh, I think they did a great job with that. I, I know this was manga bait um, at the end and that's okay. I'm not mad at it. It was still, in my opinion, uh, I'll tell you now what I think was show of the year for 2017. Uh, I know Crunchyroll declared it show of the year, surprisingly enough, considering uh, My Hero had won everything else in 2017, if you were there for that. Um, but it did do it. You know, it brought everything with it. It had the sci-fi thriller, the adventure. You know, it had decent cam chemistry. It had well-animated well scenes, you know, excellent animation, great background. We got all of that. It's just one of those things where it stepped into itself in the back half. It was a good show on its own, maybe not my taste, but it stepped into itself. It really became a lot more for me once it got down to that bottom point. Um, you know, when I go in and I think about what makes a show good, it's normally some kind of speaking to the audience. That's what we all think, right? We're, we all want to be part of what something can bring to us. You know, what does it give me? What makes it memorable? You know, if I hear the soundtrack for, uh, you know, a, a low tier anime, some Emoto garbage like My Sister Has Been Unusual lately, I'm not going to recognize that's from that. Um, I won't. I only recognize a couple of songs from like the Monogatari series, which I thought was was pretty decent. You know, it's just, this is one of those things as maybe it's unique enough, and that's why I would know. But I would hear this, I would know what it goes to. I would see a poster for this, I would know what it goes to. I will remember the story. I'll remember the story years and years down the road. It's one of those stories that you can always remember. There's some stuff that you'll always remember. This is one of those. You know, if if you were watching. Um, Naruto, you would remember, you know, some of the big, you remember, you know, obviously Gara Rockley is the big fight scene you've seen on, everybody's seen on at least YouTube, but if you watched the show, you'd remember the Zabuza fight, even though that was like, what, 15 years ago now? You'd remember it. This is an anime I think we'll look back and we'll say, hey, I remember that. I think the big thing, though, that, you know, if you're not keeping up with it, I have been focusing very hard on trying to keep up with it, um, to try to understand exactly what's coming. Sam it made it easy. This year, 2019, we're supposedly getting two movies. They're recap films, right? Um, I They were aired as part of, in some American theaters from the companies that do that, um, the recap films. Not really necessary to see that. You're not getting uh, new content there. Um, January 2020, if you watched it and you want some, to see some more, we're going to be getting the uh, sequel movie. That's going to focus on Bond Druid's uh, following arc, uh, as we know where it ended. That you know we're going to be going down into the pit, uh, and obviously Bond Druid is waiting there. As if you watched the last episode, you knew that was coming. So a lot to look forward to there. Uh, the manga community, you know, likes to call that the best dad arc. Um, and then we should be seeing another season after that. Um, some some people may not be looking forward to a movie idea. If you haven't read the manga, you might be like, oh Jesus, a movie. You know, will the movie be canon, or is it a spinoff story? Or, no, it is. It is the next arc. The movie will be kind of like required viewing if you plan to keep following this as it gets, at, you know, adapted into the anime medium. That's going to be the next arc. That much is confirmed. So you won't be able to just walk into season two unless season two is going to have show you the movie. You're not going to be able to know what's going on. Uh, is it a movie a good thing or is it a bad thing? Normally, I think it's a bad thing. I think it makes the content too hard to access, delays it getting to people, and can bring down a series. In this case, 
I understand why they're doing it. Uh, the next arc has a lot in it that will be better on a movie budget. Uh, it would be a real shame if it was cheaped out for for the next arc. And after the next arc, they can probably go back to just doing seasonal series. Don't know if they will or they won't. The furthest announcement that we got was that we're getting that movie. That'll be movie number three that you need to be tuned in for. Uh, for those of you that are reading the manga or want to read the manga, I think 53 was the most recent chapter to come out. There was a three-month break going into March where we didn't have it. I think it, it came out like April 1st, I want to say, or if I'm wrong, March. It's been a little while since I've read it, but it finally was released. It must have been April 1st um, that it came out. We finally got to see the, you know, the next set of story in the manga, if you're re reading that web manga um, like I am. Uh, again, I, to me, it was an excellent picture. Um, I thought it did a great job bringing everything to the table. I'm a huge fan of this show. Uh, if you're not a huge fan of this show, tell me why. If you are, tell me why you're not, why you are, whatever the case is. Um, for me, uh, on a scale of 100, this is going to be somewhere in the 90s. Um, I don't think that's a recency bias anymore. I think it's been long enough since the show came out that I've been able to see plenty of other shows, rewatch other shows, and still put this one way, way, way up there. Uh, it would be further up uh, on my top list if, again, it didn't have the few issues that I complained about. Um, you know, And that's mainly the weird sexualization. Um, the chibi characters I've come to like. I like the design of the chibi characters. I think it brings something to the series that wouldn't have been part of it if they had been regular-looking characters. And then, obviously, Nanachi can only be Nanachi in the way she's currently drawn. If you had regular characters in Nanachi, she would stick out. If you drew any other kind of Nanachi, well, you could just throw it in the, you know, burn it with fire. It would have been terrible. So I, they made the right decisions. Everything has came together for them, and it's a top-tier piece. Um, if you want to email me any of your comments, uh, you can send them to the lightweight otaku at gmail.com, T-H-E-L-I-G-H-T-W-E-I-G-H-T-O-T-A-K-U. Uh, and that's a little bit long. I don't know why I spelled it all out for you, but I have. So there it is at gmail.com. Send it to me, or if you're listening to this on Anchor, send me a voice message. Uh, I will respond to whatever I get a hold of. I look forward to hearing uh, your thoughts on Maiden Abyss. I know it's an old topic, but it, maybe it was one that you didn't have the chance to talk to anybody about. I'd be happy to hear what your thoughts are and review them before we review the next piece. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you've listened all the way to the end, um, I really do appreciate it. I hope that uh, I can see you in the next episode that we put out, out here as we get established as a podcast. I look forward to bringing you more um, anime reviews, memes, and uh, some great discussional topics that will start showing up starting in the next episode. So, And if you have anything that you want to hear instead of what I've planned to air – Email me, let me know, and I'll try to do the topics that get suggested as well. So again, thank you for tuning in. My name was Tyler. This was the Lightweight Otaku Podcast, and uh, I hope that you have a great afternoon or day or morning or whatever you're doing.